Hello and welcome to episode 71 of Barefooting with Sierra. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral land of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Ojibwe, Nakota Sioux, and others for time immemorial. I also would like to acknowledge that this land is home to the Métis Nation of Alberta and that I am a settler on this land. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist. I've been living without shoes since 2010, and I currently use she, her, and they, them pronouns interchangeably. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. I break this podcast up into four parts, novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my creative professional life. And in each episode, I also interview a creative entrepreneur about their professional life. In this episode, I interviewed author Jay Silver and illustrator Brooklyn Metric about their children's book, Trevor the Pterodactyl. Let's get started. First up, novels. My New Year's resolution was to read one book off of the Texas Band Books list each week. This week, I read Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn. It's meant to be a squee-inducing romantic story about asexual, biromantic black woman who finds love while confronting the intersectional issues of racism and confusion about what being asexual means. And while it was probably targeted for the ban list because it talks about sexual identities and racism, I actually did find this book inappropriate for even high school age readers. This book is about adults dealing with adult sexual issues in adult ways with adult language. And while I didn't particularly enjoy the book, the style of writing just isn't the type of thing I like to read, it deals with some pretty important issues like racial stereotypes, dealing with overbearing family members, and the fact that there is so much more to a romantic relationship than just sex. It's important for this book to exist, just not in school libraries and not for kids to read. In book news, On the Come Up, based on the novel with the same name by Angie Thomas, came out in theaters on September 23rd. It's also available to stream on Paramount+. On the Come Up is the story of 16-year-old Jamila Gray, an aspiring rapper trying to earn money to support her family after her father was killed by gang violence. I haven't read this book yet, but I have read The Hate You Give, also by Angie Thomas, and I thought that was phenomenal. So if this story is on par with that level of storytelling and emotional depth, it will be well worth a read, and the movie will be worth watching. Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archives novel series is getting turned into a tabletop game, according to a September 20th announcement by the author on YouTube. The details are pretty sparse so far. The game won't be out until 2024, and the working title of the game is Stormlight Role-Playing Game. This isn't the first time a game has been based on Sanderson's novels. The Stormlight novels have already been turned into a card game called Call to Adventure The Stormlight Archives, and the Mistborn series into a tabletop game called Mistborn Adventure Game. Now on to comics. My latest comic, Magic, is about how excited I am for Hocus Pocus 2. Hocus Pocus was a staple movie of my childhood. I even named my cat Binks. I don't think a sequel is actually necessary, and of course it's a money grab for Disney, cashing in on our nostalgia. But do I care? Nope. Give me the serotonin. You can find Magic and my other comics on my Instagram page, at World of Possums, and on my Facebook page, Possum Pete Comics. 
And now for my interview with Jay Silver and Brooklyn Metric, author and illustrator of Trevor the Pterodactyl. So I'm here with Jay Silver and Brooklyn Metric, the author and illustrator of Trevor the Tiny Pterodactyl. Um, Jay, can you tell us a little bit about this book, what inspired you to write it, and how you found Brooklyn to illustrate? And then I'll uh, have some questions for Brooklyn. Yeah, so this was a story that I kind of had in my head for a while. Like, honestly, it took me like maybe 10 minutes to write, but it's just been in my head. Like, the, the sequel will be a lot longer. Um, so, yeah, so it's basically about uh, a tiny pterodactyl. Uh, he's very uh, shy and afraid and he's kind of like feels like he's uh, behind in the pack uh, in his friends it's about them having to cross a river the classic you know to get to the other side it seems as though all of his friends are able to do it in their own special way uh, only he doesn't have a way he at least he doesn't think so um so yeah it's kind of about him trying to get over his um uh second guessing himself uh and uh finally learning how to cross his uh his river excellent um and and brooklyn you're the illustrator um could you tell us about how you got involved in this project how you got into illustrating um well this is the first book that i've illustrated and um me and jay were friends beforehand so we um, basically just um, yeah so Jay came up with the idea to write a children's book and he wasn't sure what we should write it about or if it should even be a children's book or if, if what sort of illustrations we should have and I had used this character Trevor before for a couple things for animations mostly um, which Jay had voiced because he's also a voice actor so then we it's true yep <laughs> we came up with the idea of making this book about Trevor and we came he came up with his friends who I designed and he named and then we just kind of went from there like we worked together on it and I think we came up with something pretty good yeah yeah it was a lot of fun to do yeah I had voiced we we've actually animated Trevor before and uh, yeah. voiced him fully um, because she's an animator for uh, a studio Titmouse yeah so it was a it was like a big theater showing because uh, they do this five second animation uh, event that all the animators do their own thing. And then we're kind of like, why not use Trevor? Uh, because I had recorded it just fr- off the off the cuff. Like I, I, there was no script. I just improved like a few seconds of him talking. Uh, and then we came up with the idea of like, what if uh, the meteors about to hit the earth and wipe out the dinosaurs and they're all running around and then he's just like making fun of them as to like well like where are you going like why what are you hiding from we're all we're done uh but then we were kind of like if we use trevor we can't he can't be that cynical let's kind of change the character a bit Um, yeah a bit cuter a bit more shy there's a lot of there's a lot of brooklyn in trevor um yeah so yeah, we just kind of came up with like, I feel like I had the core story just ready to go. The only thing yeah. was like, how was it going to look? Um, what age range? That's another thing is um, mm-hmm. I'm already thinking of sequels for it. And every time I go to write it, I, I, I like JK Rowling it and just like try to make it like 
it's, it's like a little bit more action packed, but then I have to bring it back down. And then I'm like, I got to stay at one age range. Like it's too easy to just make it for myself. Uh, I want to keep it as a kid's book. I think it's important as, as an author to remember your audience when you're writing. Cause it's exactly, it's, it's easy to write for yourself. Maybe not easy, mm-hmm. but easier to write for yourself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that audience that's, you got to remember that that's really who the book is for. Yeah. So how did you really come up with character of Trevor? I mean, it's, it's such a clever play on words because the way right. Trevor is spelled with the P at the front, that silent. People are, people are loving that. Yeah. Uh, we're getting some positive feedback on that. Um, but that's actually a pun that, sh- that Brooklyn has had, I think, she made that character before I met her, I believe. I did. I made it actually a couple of years ago now. So he's been around a while, but basically I created him for something else. I created him for an animation that someone wanted me to make for their podcast. Um, but that didn't really work out. So I just had this character just sitting there. And for a while, I wanted to animate him for something because I created the design to animate. Um, so then when I had this opportunity at my studio to make a short, um, I chose that character to use and then Jay voiced him. And then we kind of had the ball rolling on the, the character there. And then we used him for this and, and I'm happy with that use of him. I never thought he'd get this much use. I thought maybe I'd animate one thing with them and then be done with them. But I just kind of came up with the name randomly. I was like trying to think of a funny pterodactyl name. Um, Jay suggested we could change it to Terry, but then we decided, nah, Trevor's the way to go. And yeah, less obvious. Like, yeah. 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 Terry's just like, it's kind of like when you see cartoons and they're like, here's Barry the bear. And yeah. it's like, oh, wow, you put a lot of thought into that. Uh, Trevor's just a little bit more, less obvious than Terry, I think. Um, or even Sarah. though he's a pterosaur. Sarah, yeah, try Sarah yeah, that's another thing is like, uh, try not to go full land before time uh because we're like we there's a t-rex there's an appearance of a t-rex but we're we're not going to use them we're not going to go that route uh we want it to be like the the age range of like three to maybe six or seven um so nothing too intense uh and i i had to keep it lesson focused like educational um and then the other characters it kind of just i knew i wanted to do two boys two girls uh, I didn't want it to be more for boys because dinosaurs, you kind of think like, you know, that's that's more of, of a, a boy thing. But I actually feel like it came out a little bit more for girls, to be honest. But um, I think it's like great for both genders, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, it's good for both. Yeah. We have our little Ridley character for the boys. Trevor's yeah, a little something for the boy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's yeah, we have a we have a raptor. <laughs> Uh, yeah. who's uh, uh, he's red and black so he's kind of like cooler uh, <laughs> kind of the mischievous one yeah he kind of balances uh, out the others because yeah. they're really cute and bright mm-hmm. I mean I, I disagree that dinosaurs are, are a boy thing I, <laughs> I, I disagree think too yeah. all the kids <laughs> well I all actually kids. got yeah um, someone I know uh, who was going to buy the book they told their uh, partner about it and he has a uh, I think a five-year-old girl 
And he was kind of on the fence about buying the book because he's like, oh, it's for boys. It's a dinosaur book. But I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, this is very much for, I would say a little bit more on the girl side. Just like, I don't know. They're just so like adorable. It's kind of like not in the age range of them eating other dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I love dinosaurs as a kid. I think it's yeah. good for, for everybody. Yeah, and it's like really, really good color. Like there's a very colorful book too. So nice on the eyes as well. I hope so. What are each of your favorite dinosaurs? Brooklyn, you go first. I like the parasaur. Like the one with the kind of cool head thing. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but like I think there's a few names for it. The other one's a hadrosaur. It's like a bipedal, two little arms, but the head is kind of like a, almost like a bill. Sounds like a herbivore of some sort. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think for me, I got to go with one called the Allosaurus. Allosaurus. Very good. Because it's, it's like right in between a T-Rex and a raptor. And even size-wise, they're like right in between. Um, so they just kind of, I actually uh, did a, I narrated a documentary on dinosaurs uh, about a year ago and they were in there and I was like, this dinosaur is crazy. It's just like, how are they not running the jungle? But it turns out they just, they're not as big as T-Rex and they don't travel in packs. So I guess they were just kind of doing their own thing. Maybe we need two new characters. <laughs> the Allosaur, yeah. 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 Well, I'm sure you can incorporate those into your next works. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think should we go up uh, a bit in age for the sequel? We could grow with the audience. Grow with the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I, I'm starting to get ideas that I'm like, what if they get in just like really big trouble or even like life? threatening situations and i'm like no, no no i can't do it like simple <laughs> words simple colors keep it let's light. just stick to that yeah keep it light i mean my first book that i ever wrote um i was six and it was it was about a made-up dinosaur called a sierra dawn which i thought was so clever because it's like awesome. tyranodon but my middle name is dawn so sierra dawn oh really i thought i was yeah. a genius um <laughs> you are a genius. but i mean it it got vicious it was like fighting a t-rex so nice kids can handle the the dinosaur violence but i also like had watched i think two of the jurassic park movies by then Uh (laughs) yeah so of course they have to be like the biggest craziest dinosaurs you never see like a a sweet little uh what are those like tiny little compies can't remember the the full name yeah (laughs) those things like you never see those but like just leaf eating ones they'll sit on your shoulder (laughs) They just like in every Jurassic Park movie, they just like rip the guy apart. Like they're the worst ones. It's always it's always great. I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't really want to meet any meat eating dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would either. What are your plans for the sequels? You know, I think I would. I like the idea of a trilogy, like just to do at least three for now. And then maybe like branch off to do like a Trevor alphabet book or a Trevor coloring book, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of let it find its audience first. Yeah. And are there any oh. other projects that you're currently involved in? 
for writing, no. Um, but voiceover, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. And I'm, I've actually just got into audiobooks as well. If you need me to narrate any of your books, I am available. <laughs> um, yeah, just working on my voiceover career, which is uh, I'm recording from home. And what about you, Brooklyn? What have you got going on? Um, I'm so like Jay mentioned, I'm working at a studio called Titmouse in Vancouver. So I'm doing some personal projects and some freelancing as well. But um, mainly, I hope I can say this, I'm going to be working on Baby Shark pretty soon. Um, spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. I hope I don't get fired for that. Um, I, I'm just kidding. Everyone knows about Baby Shark, but I'm, I'm not an animator right now. I'm doing compositing, which is basically some like post-production sort of um, effects and color management and editing sort of thing. So that's mainly what I'm working on, but I'm doing a little bit of illustration for different people on the side. I think I might might be doing a book illustration for someone else, but just like a single one, not a full book, because I'm going to be focusing most of my time on our sequel, hopefully. Yeah, I don't know when we should start that one. I don't want to like just... I don't want to wing it, you know, like, I feel like they're so like, just because you're writing a kid's book, it doesn't mean it's easier in a way. It's kind of like, it's harder to get in the mindset of, of like, what, do, what did I like reading as a kid? Obviously dinosaurs, but um, you, you want to have a good balance of like, there's got to be a good moral, a good lesson. You can't just have them uh, running around doing nothing. Uh, because in the end it's like it's the parents buying them too so you got to convince the parents <laughs> that it's worth buying absolutely absolutely so for those parents who are listening where can they find trevor the pterodactyl to buy it uh trevor is available on amazon only right now i'm going to be recording the audiobook for it for audible and then maybe self-publishing through ingram spark eventually just to get the hard covers of the board books going that would be really cool to do um yeah that's that's pretty much the only place right now amazon yeah we have we have ebooks and paperback yeah like do you do you you do you publish only through amazon as well yeah um i did have my first three through ingram but Mm it wasn't selling you don't you don't recommend so, it it's not that i don't recommend it <laughs> we're because pulling out immediately it also <laughs> it also allows you to if you are listing through ingram before your launch you can mm. do pre-sales of your paperback whereas with amazon you can only do pre-sales of an ebook right so it's oh it's that not, i've heard about that it's not the worst. Like you used mm-hmm. to be able to do different things when Amazon was create space, but then they integrated right. it all into Kindle direct publishing, which I have thoughts about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not the easiest method. I mean, it is, but it's, it was very difficult to just get it going. Like even just formatting issues were like, okay, yeah. back to the drawing board. Well, it's been great chatting with you both and yeah. best of luck to you. Um, I hope I'll, you know, see, see Trevor maybe on bookstores somewhere oh, yeah. someday. We could try like, for re- that too. Reach out to chapters. They're usually yeah. pretty good about supporting at least locally, maybe not yeah. nationally. Like, you think I could but... just like walk into like a chapters and hand them a couple copies? 
it's not that easy. You have to talk to their uh, purchasing person. So each individual oh, chapter's location has a purchasing director and yeah. you'd have to talk to each one individually. But yeah, it is pretty yeah. simple. Yeah, we're, we're still new to this. So I thought it was way more complicated than that. Like we need like a publisher, um, an agent. You're saying we could just like contact somebody there and they can just, they would just buy straight from Amazon. Or do I just provide you can you could provide it to them? Oh nice. That sounds good. And then they sell it on like consignment basis, which I've I've done with many, many bookstores. Oh really? And it worked out? Oh yeah. Oh, Oh. let's do that. Let's do that. (laughs) We gotta go. We have to go do that now. Yeah, let's go to chapters right now and (laughs) be under that like Canadian uh, label on the shelf at the front. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and go to libraries. Oh yeah, we are gonna do that. That's a good yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Well, onward it was and upward. A pleasure. Wait, yeah. where are you right? Are you in are you in Canada? Yeah, I'm in Edmonton. Edmonton, oh, nice. nice. Yeah, that's a great place to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time I talk to someone from Edmonton, they're like they say the same thing, but I'm like it's got to be better price wise. Yes. Got people moving there just to work. Yes. But our provincial governments got their mm. head up their rear end. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a different oh. story. Uh, we uh, just pay a lot. That's kind of all we really do here is just pay stuff. It's kind of Parking. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. We, we don't have provincial tax on like anything, but we pay oh, for it in other like, ways. <laughs> <laughs> we have this new thing where we where we don't have bags like grocery bags oh no, yeah I, that's everywhere we're like what? oh i thought yeah. it was a vancouver thing no it's like all the stores have gotten rid of them yeah i'm like now i gotta plan grocery trips that's never yeah. a thing that i like, <laughs> who does that can't i just stop at the grocery store on the way home from work because i'm out of yeah, whatever i guess, nope. yeah mm-hmm. gotta bring your grocery bags yeah well, i hope you can juggle because uh yeah you're you Unless you just carry like a tote bag at all times. Yeah. I have a, well, it's a crocheted possum stuffed <laughs> full of plastic bags Excellent. in That's my, in my kitchen. So I've got to pull out its innards to take to the grocery yeah, the store handy with possum. me. It's a real possum. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a rough one, but you know Edmonton's not so bad at least it's not like uh Windsor oh gosh yeah <laughs> I, I guess we can all agree Windsor sucks I'm sorry Windsor <laughs> listeners. people listening are upset no there's there's no Windsor doesn't have internet so we're safe okay right now or ever <laughs> just ever they're in the stone age I think they're a logging town technically aren't they I have a friend who lives there so Uh, (laughs) sorry Sorry. sucks to be him (laughs) oh man that's a great note he's trying to leave (laughs) yeah to be fair they all they they graduate and they're like hey i'm out uh and then they just try their best it's like a salmon swimming up river it's like he can't find a job i know it's crazy yeah that's why uh we write books because we can't get real jobs I mean, I, I do have a real job, but I like writing books better. <laughs> yeah, writing's way better, I find. Uh, you can just get like a nice cup of tea beside you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
that's all I really have to say about Trevor for now until the sequel. Yeah. Well, I'll keep my eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for having us. This was yeah. a pleasure. All Our right. first podcast. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> all right. We'll take care. Right. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. You too. See you later. Bye. All right. Next up is journalism. In current events, Hurricane Ian hit Florida with what early estimates are putting at $30 billion in damage, trapping residents on what was left of the roofs of their homes, knocking out power for more than a million homes, and flooding countless communities. Several communities have experienced damage to their sewer lines in addition to flooding. So far, 13 deaths have been confirmed as directly related to the storm across the state of Florida. My heart goes out to all who have been affected. Ian is regaining strength now that it's back over the ocean and is heading towards South Carolina. There is still a large and powerful storm on the way, expected to bring life-threatening levels of wind and flooding to Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. Please follow local warnings and evacuate if necessary. If you are in an area affected by the flooding, Stay out of the floodwaters as much as possible. Not only does the water likely contain hidden debris that could cause injury, it can also contain septic waste, which can make you very sick. There could be water moccasins that might bite you, and downed power lines in the water can kill you. I'm not just saying this as a clueless, panicking person watching from another country. I lived in Florida for five years and weathered my fair share of hurricanes. Please be safe. Just because the storm has passed doesn't mean the danger is over. In better news, a nonprofit organization in Anchorage, Alaska has purchased the Guest House Inn to turn it into long term housing for people currently in city run shelters and experiencing houselessness. The tenants will be on a lease for their rooms with the support of housing vouchers and rent assistance. This is a real way to get people into long term housing that is actually theirs, not just a temporary spot in a shelter. Edmonton could easily follow suit. It wouldn't be difficult for the city or a nonprofit organization to purchase a condo building or a hotel. It's just a matter of raising funds. Instead of tearing down homeless camps without giving people anywhere to go, we need to look at creating solutions. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. My barefoot adventures this week took me back to the mall where I had a negative encounter with the security guard last week. I didn't have any issues going in barefoot this time. I don't normally have any issues. Maybe the security guard was just having a bad day last time. I'm continuing to do my evening mental health treatment program. Every Tuesday is our fitness day, which as a chubby person, I don't love, but it's part of the program, so I do it. This week, we did an exercise video that included foot exercises, and we actually got to take our shoes off for once. Normally, I have to have shoes on during the program, which I hate, so this was a nice change. During the exercise video, the lady in the video talked about the feet being the foundation of the body and how important it is to be barefoot as much as possible to strengthen your feet. The lady in front of me turned to smile at me at that point. Most of the people in the program know I don't wear shoes when I'm not there, but they think it's super weird. So it was nice to have validation that what I'm doing is good for me. In barefoot news, I have a lot of thoughts about the Instagram passenger shaming especially when they try to shame people for being barefoot on planes. Being barefoot doesn't hurt anyone else. Feet are just a body part that are no more unhygienic than any other body part. But I do draw the line at using a foot file to remove your dead foot skin on a plane, which passenger shaming posted on September 20th with the caption, 
No, ma'am, absolutely not. Someone passed me an axe. Pro travel tip. The key word in personal grooming is personal. Keep that to yourself. Okay, thanks. Bye. I have no idea what they're intending to do with the axe, which honestly seems like a violent threat to me. That's an issue that I have with a lot of their posts, actually. It's one thing to disagree with what someone is doing or to find what someone is doing to be rude or inconsiderate. It's entirely different to threaten to chop someone's feet off, which is what this account does in any post having to do with feet. I also have lots of thoughts about the article I read from Juvenile Justice Information Exchange titled How Homelessness, Mental Illness, Substance Use, and Justice System Collided in Little Five Points. This article focused on a barefoot, mentally ill, substance-addicted homeless man named Kyle Luttrell, also known as Torch, who lives on the streets in the Atlanta Little Five Points district. He's been homeless for 11 years since he was 17 years old. Luttrell uses amphetamines daily, has Tourette's syndrome, and a criminal record for marijuana possession, all of which compound to make getting and keeping a job that pays a living wage a near impossibility. Tom Gisler, the community police officer for Little Five Points, doesn't believe the area has a homelessness problem, but rather that homelessness is a symptom of larger problems, drug addiction and mental illness, which aren't being adequately addressed. And police just don't have the tools to help with addiction or mental illness. That's the whole point behind the defund the police movement, putting the funds to better use, funding social programs that will actually help fix the problems we're facing in society. Homeless people facing addiction and mental illness need a social worker, not a cop, whether they're in Atlanta, Edmonton, or anywhere. I really don't believe the oft-repeated line that most homeless people are there by choice, that they would turn down help if someone offered it to them. People just need the right kind of help. Anyway, that's all for this episode. I'll be back in the next episode with author David Cole. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. Thank you to Legion X for my intro and outro music. You can find me on Twitter at Sierra Barefoot, on Instagram at Sierra the Barefoot, and on TikTok at Sierra is Barefoot. All of my books are available on Amazon and on my website, sierrathebarefootgirl.com. My Patreon for my comics is patreon.com slash possumpete. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.